Hello and welcome to the 10th installment of the Persephone program where I talk about my own journey of awareness, astrology, metaphysics, and in general, pretty much kind of anything I want to talk about. So thank you, as always, for listening and for commenting. Lately, I've gotten a lot of really amazing feedback on what I've shared with you, and that means a lot to me because... It is a very isolating situation where if I'm just going to give you guys a picture, I'm sitting alone in my little loft office surrounded by my altar and all my little metaphysical things. But it is very much like a alone thing, kind of speaking into space and the fact that you're listening and you get something out of it means a lot to me. So thank you for, for responding. And today I want to talk about something that I've wanted to talk about from the very beginning, which is really the paranormal. And uh, that's kind of like a weird thing to, to, to sort of say, but um, the paranormal to me is everything that is kind of like outside of mundane, mechanistic Newtonian, you know, action, reaction, everything that cannot be easily explained um, by a natural or sensual, um, you know, factor. And that would probably include uh, astrology, which is a kind of a synchronicity, um, an a-causal connection, as described by Carl Jung. And I want to talk to you a little bit and share with you a little bit about some of my own interesting paranormal kind of experiences in addition to my everyday divination and intuition and hunches and all that kind of stuff that I use all the time. But some of like the actual experiences that I've had. Um, And the reason why I love the paranormal so much. I think it's because the sense of hidden meaning behind things, the sense that there is something more, that there is something lurking behind the face of everyday reality. Um, this, These events that kind of like jar us um, out of our state of sluggishness or stagnation of the feeling that everything is normal and boring and routine and predictable and that snap us into like a state of alertness and awareness um they kind of bring us to this miraculous understanding that we are not alone in this universe and again there's something bigger that there's some mysterious intelligence behind things and I fucking love that and probably if you're listening to this you might love that too so um, I want to talk about that and I want to share with you some pivotal experiences that I've had that kind of um, underlie who I am and, and my own journey of awareness which is what this is all about sharing it with you So if you've ever had a reading with me, you know, oftentimes I will ask people to get a journal and begin to write down dreams, hunches, intuitions, and things like that. 
That's something I've been doing from a very young age. And I actually still have my journals from the time that I was a teenager up till now. And I do not write all my dreams down. I dream on a regular basis. And a lot of them are precognitive, meaning that I will dream about something that is coming to me in the future. And the reason why I know that is because I have written them down or I remember them. And then I see the correspondence or synchronicity between something that is happening or happens and the dream that I had. So it's a great way for you guys to start to connect to your own higher self and your intuitive guidance. One of the most important um, experiences that I have had over my life in connecting more deeply to my own inner guidance, which is a huge rule for me, is recording um, and paying attention to my dreams. And uh, I have several of them, but I want to tell you some stories of some very foundational experiences that uh, really kind of um, were the biggest parts of, I think, my personal spiritual journey. So when I was 12 years old, which happens to be the time of one's Jupiter return, every 12 years, we have a Jupiter return. And the first Jupiter return will always be kind of an experience of enhanced uh, spirituality. And of course, I wasn't really conscious of that at the time that I was turned 12. But when I was 12, I feel like I had a religious experience. And it began with a dream of Jesus Christ. Now, for many people that might seem, you know, not abnormal, but for me it really was having not been raised in a Christian household or with a sense of church or anything like that. Um, Christ was a, uh, I knew, it's like I knew of him culturally, but it wasn't very personal to me. I didn't grow up within the context of Christianity. So um, I had two series of dreams that were very, very profound and that were so realistic that they um, made a huge impression on me. The first was that I was in a clearing in a forest. Imagine a gigantic forest like the sort of Appalachian Mountains or the mountains of of um, you know New York, upstate New York or something. And in that forest, there were three camps and they kind of looked like old forts, like forts from the pre-revolutionary times where they had these like, you know, logs around them and then buildings in the inside. So giant clearing, three forts, circular with buildings inside and each had like a giant um, gate. Okay. All three gates were open and I was in these three clearings in the, in the, the first, uh, the first fort that was closest to me that I felt in the dream was a camp. I could see people kind of walking within it. And, um, it was, I could, you know, as I peered in, I could see like men in robes, like they were in ancient biblical times. And as I was looking, I saw a group of men walking together and one of them looked to be like Jesus Christ. And I recognized him in my dream. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, it was kind of like he was a celebrity. I was like, oh, wow, look, there's Jesus. You know, and I kind of 
thought maybe I should go in and say something to him like, Hey dude, you know, I know who you are or something. So I did, I actually walked in and I was like, Oh, Hey Jesus, I just wanted to say hi to you. Um, I don't think I belong to this camp, but, uh, you know, I just want to recognize you and just say hi. And he looked at me and of course, in my dream, he looked like, you know, most of our Western world Jesus, you know, some long haired dude with a beard you know, and robes. And he looked at me with just, he was in the middle of a conversation with another guy and he looked at me with the kindest face, the most amazing face. And he took my hand and he said, he's like, oh, don't worry. You can go to any camp. It doesn't matter. We're all connected. And, um, I was like, well, thank you so much. And I think he said something like, it was, you know, beautiful to meet you. And then he turned his attention back to the men that he was talking to. So I walked out of that camp and I walked down a ways through the clearing and I looked through and I noticed the door of like, it's kind of like they were, um, like I said, they look like forts, like from, you know, uh, when people used to build giant forts in the mountains and, um, military forts. And, I could see through one what looked to be like um, like Hindu, you know, gods or something. And I wasn't interested in that one. And I looked through another one and in it, I remember that there was like the god Neptune with his trident and there were all these kind of like elemental spirits and Greek gods and goddesses. And, and that was the one that I was the most attracted to. And I went in and I remember jumping on like some kind of a ride, like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride from Disneyland, but it had, uh, you know, ancient gods and goddesses in it. And I remember just feeling like that's where I was at home. That's my home. This was my camp. But I understood from my conversation with Jesus that they were all connected. So it didn't really matter anyway. So I didn't feel guilty. There was some aspect of me in a weird way, kind of feeling guilty because I like knew who he was and he was like really important, but I was like, Oh, sorry, I'm not going to join your camp. Um, so that was a pretty amazing dream to have as a young girl. And I remember talking to my mom about it and saying, what do you think that means? And she was like, well, that's a foundational dream. And this represents your underlying philosophy on life. And it's important that you write it down and remember it. And so I did. And then later that year, I had another dream that Jesus Christ was in my bedroom. This is my little girl, 12-year-old little girl bed, my little single bed in my little bedroom in San Francisco. And he stood at the edge of my bed. And I, I mean, I was like waking up and seeing a spirit. It was that strong. I don't think that I, I know I was asleep and I know it was a dream, but it was like a dream within a dream. It was extremely realistic. And he, as a spirit laid down and he basically entered me. And it was really weird because as a 12 year old child, I remember that he came, like he laid down on top of me, but he also entered me kind of almost through my vagina, which seems kind of weirdly sexual, but it wasn't, but it was a very interesting feeling. I guess it was like being a bride of Christ. <laughs> I don't know, but it was very profound. It was very intense. And I felt like I was like really good with Jesus. And like he was connecting with me, even though I didn't really know too much about him. And so that year I 
asked for a Bible and somehow I got a Bible from, believe it or not, there wasn't a Bible in my house growing up. And if you read anything about me, I mean, you'll understand why. Um, although my mom did practice Judaism when I was young, uh, there wasn't really any kind of a Christian, strong Christian element at all in my house. And, um, so I remember my dad's sister, my aunt, she gave me like her old Bible from maybe when she was, went to catechism or she, she wasn't Catholic, but she had some kind of confirmation and she gave me that. And so I would read it and have my own little experience with it, which I still have it. And, um, you know, I remember like writing, I love Jesus in it when I was 12 years old. (laughs) So that was kind of interesting knowing that I kind of like had this personal relationship with Jesus as an entity or a deity and also not being in a weird way of his tribe or something, but, um, really learning about, about what he was about by reading the Bible and interpreting it fully on my own. It wasn't too long afterward that I like, you know, at the time too, I was transferred and went, ended up going to a Lutheran school and learning a little bit about the Lutheran religion. And it wasn't really that much longer afterwards. It was probably only for about a year that I was interested in it and, and studying it. And then, um, I remember my uncle, who's a Lutheran minister, he baptized me because I asked him. And I felt like I was really, like when I would occasionally, I would go and visit random churches in San Francisco on my own and really just enjoy them, which I still do enjoy going into Christian churches and lighting candles and like experiencing the Holy Mother and the energy of compassion and stuff through that, um, kind of through that kind of style, even though it isn't my bag. Okay. And then, but I had many different types of miracles and stuff when I went in and and lit candles, including the miracle of my oldest child. And, um, I still feel that churches are a place of power. Um, to me, spiritual energy is non-denominational, just like what Jesus said. It's all attached. There are many mansions in my Lord's house, all the gods are one, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, what do you resonate with, you know? And um, I don't know that I resonate so much with monotheism and certainly not with, you know, the Judeo-Christian ethos, pathos as interpreted by the men and the religion. But that was a really interesting and powerful dream that I've still kept because it felt like a mystical experience. When I was about 14, I had a very, very, very strong dream. Um, Again, you know, telling my mom and she's like, this is a foundational dream. And I remember my mother sharing with me one of hers from when she was young and now I can't remember it. But in this dream, I was in the backyard at my grandparents' house and I looked up into the sky and the, the, the sky was dark, very dark and very ominous, like a storm was brewing. It was so intense that I felt that it was the end of the world. Like the deep fight between good and evil and truly the end of the world. Uh, There was the sense of thunder rumbling and everything splitting apart. And as I was looking up 
um, into the sky in my grandparents' backyard in, you know, uh, the Bay Area. And all of the things were, you know, just as they were when I was a small child and feeling like, oh my God, it was the end of the world. I somehow had this feeling that I had personally had to do something about it, that it was up to me. And as I was having this realization, three like entities came up um, and sort of like slowly drifted uh, in front of me. Uh, They were masked. They almost looked like Hopi Kachina dolls or like some of the masked Japanese dancers. And they had these, um, these instruments that were made from holding like they were wood like there was a cylindrical um stick kind of and then there was another stick that was being beaten against it and it was like and um these three entities did not speak uh they didn't have a mouth i kind of knew and they had these like long robes it was graphic like a hopi kachina doll um mask and they basically said telepathically to me while they were hitting these sticks that I was supposed to make love to music. And if I did that, that I could save the world. Again, that seems really bizarre, but I kind of like internalized that. And I was like, okay, whatever that means. And as I was internalizing that and feeling the power, I was like literally like getting bolts, like jolts of power um, in me. I was seeing some of the clouds disperse. I was seeing some of the storm abate. And then I woke up. And it was just so strong. It was so realistic. It was like, it really happened. Of course, I had no idea at all what that meant. Wrote it down. Um, Later, I actually spoke to uh, a famous dream theorist on it who told me that if I broke it down that the end of the world was crisis, something massively, you know, essential happening in life. And that music was vibration and vibration was everything. So making love to music was also like merging or connecting deeply to the experience of life itself. And um, almost a kind of surrendering to it. And in doing so, uh, in, in like merging or absorbing myself with life that I could um, create myself anew and something more. But uh, it really resonated with me. Interestingly enough, in 2012, before the gigantic eruption in my life in 2013 through 2015, I had another dream where those three entities came back to me and they were clicking their little clicking instruments and they said initiation and I realize now um, that I was having an initiation kind of like by fire so to speak during that year uh, late 2012 um, through 2013 I had a lot of precognitive dreams Um, in one of them I remember uh, that I was traveling with my ex-husband and a good friend Um, And I remember being left behind, like I was traveling from city to city, from house to house, and um, trying to catch up with my husband who kept leaving me at houses and kept uh, leaving me and, um, you know, and jumping in the car and like running off. uh, And 
feeling frustrated, trying to catch up with them, trying to, you know, um, busk money from, you know, and take the Greyhound as they drove off and left me somewhere in, I think I was in Portland in the dream. And I remember writing all that down and feeling so lost and so displaced that my own husband and my closest friend um, were leaving me behind, literally. And I woke up and I wrote down all these details of the stream. Now it wasn't, it was probably six months later, no, it was less than that, five months later, um, that you know my husband ended up leaving me. And, um, and that began one of the most you know, profoundly difficult and frightening, you know, couple years of my life. Um, I've had so many dreams that were like precognitive. I remember my ex and I had, uh, my ex and I, he had left the marriage in 2013. There's a lot involved in that, which I won't get into. And then we ended up reconciling and then again in 2015, two years later. And right before he literally woke up one day and told me that he didn't want to be in the marriage anymore, I had had a crazy dream where I was with another person. I was with another man. And I remember talking to him, but I could only see him from the waist downward. And I remember he had all these tattoos on his legs and he was wearing shorts and he was kind of like tall and thin. He had these like thin legs. And I remember thinking that I knew him, like maybe I knew him from, you know, my San Francisco punk rock days or something like that. But it was really surprising because it came out of nowhere. But I knew at the time he was talking to me and we were going out and we were at this like first Friday art gallery type thing. Well, fast forward uh, a year and a half after that day, basically, my husband told me later today, that day that he just didn't want to do it anymore. He just didn't want to be married to me anymore. And there's a kind of a long story around that. He was a lot younger than me. And um, we had gotten married more for the sake of our friendship than anything else. Um, again, a long story. I don't want to disclose too much, but... Uh, you know, he, he had a lot of ideas about, I think, like what he wanted to do in his life and, you know, and part of it was having deeper experiences and I was understanding of that, but the way that it was done was really, it was violent, you know, for me. And I didn't recognize the synchronicity of having that dream that night and, um, him, you know, saying this to me until later. And, um, I mean, I had so many dreams about this guy too. I mean, I could, this would, could, you know, be hours and hours and hours, but, um, you know, it, it's really, it was really, really, really powerful. And, um, basically I recognized when I met my current partner, I recognized him from my dream because he basically from the waist down, was this guy that I had dreamt of being with and I didn't meet him for like a year and a half later. So that's one of many, many, or those are some of some really, really foundational dreams, um, that I had that would both tell me about things to come 
and then also uh, warn me or explain things. Um, I remember I was dating someone briefly too that, here's another one, that uh, I felt might have been pulling away from me. And I had this really profound dream that he was the secret agent who had had this giant wound to his heart. And in that dream, he opened up a package and gave it to me and it was a plate. And on the plate, it said separation. And um, it was really very interesting. And this is before he had kind of said like, you know, that he... I guess wasn't really ready for a relationship but um like in the dream he was like a, sac- a secret agent and he and I had I witnessed him in the dream reporting back to like some of his like supervisors on his mission and in it I remember he pulled his shirt up and he was telling him he was fine but he had been wounded and scarred over and in the chest over and over and over again um and in that dream I remember realizing that it was him who's like one of those things not him you know it's not me it's him Um, so those are some interesting dreams that I had that, uh, and I continue to have that tell me about what's going on both, uh, in an outer realm and in an inner realm. And I want to say that some of the, you know, some of your dreams, like the foundational dream, um, of saving the world were very, very profound because it was true that only in my own acquiescence, only in my own surrender, to the end of the world as I knew it was I able to sort of like become like a phoenix and uh, repower myself and you know the dream of the three entities or the three guides it's been uh, facing me and many things that I wanted in the past uh, to be the shaman to be to step into my power as a healer and a leader and stuff like that, but more just from a sharing standpoint, sharing my own woundedness as a source of my compassion. Those have come to pass. And I'm very fortunate that I've had these experiences and I've tried to pay attention to them. Um, So a couple other things that I've done before, because I feel like I'm babbling, I wanted to talk to you guys about was... um, how I invite magical coincidences, um, synchronicities always in my life. And I see astrology every day and my own divination as one. I stay out of the way of the result. So if I'm reading your chart or I'm reading for someone or even reading for myself, I have developed enough trust in the underlying organizing principle of the universe to allow the divination to come forth without um, a lot of manipulation, if that makes sense. So my own tarot readings or my own astrology readings, I want them to be as clear as possible. And I do that truly through, um, and it, it's it's a process, you know, it's not easy. As you guys know, I've been working on it a long time, but I do wish um, to not manipulate too much, you know, to flow with the divine order of the universe. And I ask for that a lot. However, I still cultivate and ask for experiences not of this world to show myself um, so that I get that feeling of the absurd good news of meaningfulness in the universe all the time. So I ask for it, okay? All right, so here's a couple cool like ghost slash paranormal experiences that I've had. 
All right, so I think this was seven or eight years ago when my grandfather died. Um, one morning, my ex used to have to go to work at like 4.30 in the morning, okay? And we shared a car. So I used to drop him off at work and go back home and go back to sleep, which I did all the time. And one morning, I was dropped. it was always dark, you know, at 4.30 in the morning. And I dropped him off at work and I came back. It was only a couple miles, not far. And on the way home, there was a knocking underneath the hood of my car, okay? It was like... like a knocking, like someone was literally knocking. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, there's a freaking animal in my car. How come it's just knocking now? Because remember, I'd already been in the car for 10, 15 minutes. But it's knocking. And I was like, oh shit, you know, that was my first thing. There was a there was an animal knocking in my car. I mean, I could hear it. It was so visible. It was so odd. It was so full. And then I was like, oh my God, like the engine's going to explode. What The engine's knocking. And I was completely paranoid and just going like, oh my God, please let me get home. Please let me get home. Because it was, you know, pitch black in the morning. And um, I get home. It's still knocking the entire way. Pull up in my driveway, still knocking, turn off the car, it stops. So I'm like, oh shit, I can barely handle it. I'm like freaked out. I knew I had to take the kids to school later, you know, a couple hours later, four hours later. But I just was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'll just deal with that when I when I get up later. Okay. I'll turn the car on and see what's happening. I'm just going to shut it off right now. And I'm going to go in cause it's tired. I'm exhausted. So I go back in and I like crawl back into bed and lay down. At this point, I can hear it coming from the skylight. We had the skylight in our bathroom, our master bathroom, and the door was open. It almost sounded like a woodpecker or something. And again, I kept thinking that it was like a bird or a woodpecker or something. And I was like, I can't even freaking deal with this. And I put the pillow over my head and I ended up falling asleep. Okay. All right. Then I wake up because I hear, well, Michelle, this really deep male voice in my ear, like in my ear, I could hear it was reverberating. And I realized it was my grandfather. It was my grandfather. And I woke up and I was like, oh! and I thought, this is crazy. What the heck? You know? And it just really threw me for a loop. But I realized my grandfather's not here. He's already passed away. And um, I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, I just can't even deal with this. I need to go back to sleep. So I go back to sleep. And then I have a dream of my grandfather. And he says to me, I'm trying to get your attention. He's like standing there. I'm trying to get your attention. You need to tell your mom to sell the house for blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I wake up, you know, finally, and it's 630 or 7. And I can't call my mom because she doesn't wake up before 930. But I'm like, oh, my God this makes so much sense, right? This makes so much sense. So as soon as I get, so by the way, I get the kids up, turn the car on, no knocking, everything's perfect like it was before. It was a new car anyway. I'd had it for maybe a year and a half, brand new car. Everything was fine. Drive him to school, come back, call my mom, tell her all this. She's like, okay. She was having a hard time selling her father's house, which she had to sell after he had passed away. So they actually had to lower the price. So she did and she lowered it she was very concerned and upset about that because it was like 
their legacy of what they wanted to put in the trust. So she did lower the price to the price that my grandfather told me to tell her and um, it sold for that exact price. That's one interesting story. Um, fast forward many years later to another really amazing situation that happened um, in 2015 after my husband had left the final time, second and final time. And it was Father's Day 2015, and I was um, really feeling sorry for myself. But I was alone. My kids had actually gone to be with their dad for Father's Day. And I'm sitting in my ground I was living in a ground floor apartment. Um, it was like 10 or 11 in the afternoon. And it was Sunday. It was a Father's Day. And I was on my phone, um, you know, looking at Facebook or something like that. And I realized, oh, I better text my dad reluctantly because I have a complicated relationship with him. But I did anyway. And he was like, well, how are you? And I said, well, not so great. You know, Matt, uh, I split up with my ex. And and he made some pithy comment like, oh, now you've been divorced more than anyone in the family, and uh, which was completely untrue. But I was really hurt, and I was really pissed off. And I was just sitting there feeling like a freaking utter failure. When... I'm just sitting in my living room by myself, no TV on, my phone was kind of like in my hand. When I look and suddenly the light on the sound bar underneath my television comes on, okay? The sound bar is like an independent um, speaker that, you know, you can turn on and off if you want, you know, for to amplify your television. So like a receiver, it's a receiver essentially. And um, it suddenly goes on by itself. And when it does, there's like a little red light. It says, hello. Okay. So it's like a, it's like a little computer. It's like a soundbar with a little red light. It goes, hello. And it turns on and suddenly out of the soundbar. Okay. No TVs on. I actually had a receiver. The receiver wasn't on. It was just a speaker. So it actually isn't a receiver really. Um, suddenly a song comes on and it goes like this. Unforgettable. That's what you are. And it's the song Unforgettable by Nat King Cole. Cole, but it's not the whole song. It's just starts with that. And forevermore, you know, and it goes through the whole, you know, and then it says, that's why, darling, it's incredible. Someone so unforgettable thinks that I'm unforgettable too. And then it goes, and it shuts off. The entire time, that it is playing, which is maybe 30 seconds. My mouth has dropped. I'm sitting on the couch looking to and fro, left and right, up and down. What the fuck? Out the window. Who's doing this? What's going on? And I have this realization, this feeling that it's my grandmother. Because my grandmother, my dad's mom, loved Nat King Cole. And I used to buy her Nat King Cole albums. And it was like... I was like witnessing a miracle. It's like as if, you know, you're sitting, you know, fully cognizant in the light of day and something so miraculous happens that you can't believe it, but at the same time you're being shown it. So it's just incredible. So anyway, it ends and I'm literally like tearing up and rushing. I'm just rushing from this whole fucking crazy experience. And I get up and I look around and I'm like looking out the window and because I like have a big window to see if somebody's playing tricks on me. I'm by myself. No, 
So then I try and turn on the sound bar and it won't turn on. And then the cable's off, the TV's off. I try and turn on the cable and the TV. So then I turn the cable and TV on, but the sound bar won't work. It's like on a different channel. So it's not on the right channel, which I don't know how to do. So it wasn't really until my son came home later that day from his dad's that he could figure out how to fix it because it just wasn't working. That was incredible. Fast forward months later, I get my very first Reiki healing from this random Reiki healer in um, North Carolina. She lived in Asheville and I found her on the internet. And while we're doing this, this, you know, amazing chakra balancing, Reiki healing over the phone, this distance healing, she says, hey, I don't know if you know this, but I'm also a medium and I have a message for you. It's from this man. He seems like he's kind of a father figure. He's got this, you know, this bald head, but it's kind of like a fringe of hair. And he's laughing and he's saying that he's an international businessman. And I was like, oh my God, that's my dad's dad. And she said, yeah, he wanted to tell you that. He wanted to know if you liked, he wanted to say that he was sorry he was, wasn't there for you in your life and how much he wished he would have been. In the times that you needed him, you know, as a strong male figure to protect you, you know, just like a patriarch, you know, and he wasn't, and he was sorry. And, um, you know, and he said that he, he did that, that he sent me that song to show me that I I was loved. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. And, um, it just made so much sense and it was really amazing because it was earlier that I've had this really contentious relationship with my dad and it was earlier that he, you know, that, you know, that he had really hurt my feelings yet again. And, um, you know, that his dad had kind of stepped in and said, you're loved and you're special. Even if you've been rejected or abandoned by other people, it does not negate your own unforgettableness, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It was a freaking crazy miracle. Um, I've had so many more amazing things happen. I've had so many things happen here too. Um, my aunt who's been in hospice, um, you know, she isn't my biological aunt, but she's my spiritual aunt, my, my mom's best friend who, you know, I'm the executor of her state. When she went into a coma, um, I was alone in the house and I didn't know it at the time that she had been comatose, but at that moment, I was upstairs in my house and the TV downstairs went on, um, blasting. Okay. And I had to come walk all the way down the stairs and turn it off. The TVs in my house go on and off a lot. Lighting, crazy stuff. The other day, yesterday, um, I, I try and really ground that cause I don't encourage that at all. Cause I'm alone a lot. Um, I do not encourage that, but I also appreciate getting messages. And, um, the other day, actually two days ago, I was sitting in my kitchen and, um, I had asked recently for a sign because I'm working with certain types of spirit guides and stuff like that. And then I had forgotten about it. And it was again, the middle of the day and a phone rings that wasn't a phone in the house. (laughs) I know that sounds kind of crazy, but it wasn't, I have a home phone and a cell phone. And it was neither. It was a completely strange 
weird phone ring that I'd never heard at all. Um, and I went searching for it and it looked, it felt like it was kind of in the same area of, I have this really super crazy antique phone, like from the early 1900s that's mounted on my wall. It's really cool. Um, and you know, it's got that, it's a real phone. I mean, it doesn't work, but it's a real phone. And it was kind of felt like it was from that area. I thought maybe it was my alarm panel ringing. I didn't know. I literally couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, you know, I talked to my boyfriend. He's like, well, could it be your iPad? I'm like, no, that's off. Uh, I checked my computer. I mean, I don't know where it came from. It was, there was no ring. I checked every single phone. Was there a missed call? I looked everywhere, nothing. So I'll chalk that up to another cool, crazy paranormal synchronicity slash sign. So what are some of yours? I want to hear from you. Um, of course, I've got more, but I don't want this to be too long and I feel like I'm rambling on, but I felt like I really wanted to tell a little bit of the story and how, again, I see these messages, these signs and synchronicities as an exciting, amazing opportunity to connect more deeply to the mystery, okay? The mystery of your conscious self, the mystery of your higher self and um, the mystery of your soul whether it's through learning astrology um, or many other things. Uh, there are so many different and amazing ways that we're all being guided, that we're all been give, being given clues to this really amazing information universe and our own personal place within it. So sending you guys like tons of good vibes. Um, and um, would love to hear from you. Send me an email at michelle.prentice at gmail.com or at persephoneprogram.com. You can just go on there and, and you know send me your story via that. And let me know what you want to hear about. If you want to hear more about um, cool, crazy-ass shit happening in my life or you want to hear about yours or you want to share a story or you want a reading um, or you want to learn more about astrology, divination, and other cool stuff, let me know. Um, have a beautiful full moon. It's full moon day in Aquarius. Um, I definitely posted about it. If you haven't, uh, followed me on social media, you can get full moon horoscopes, new moon horoscopes and reports, and my weekly, uh, forecast at MY Prentice on Insta, um, Persephone program. Um, also I try and put stuff on there, but I don't, you don't have the social media or you can also find me at Michelle, um, dot prentice on or michelle dash prentice on facebook okay have a beautiful day and a wonderful weekend blessed be